Welcome to the evening episode of Honey in the Rock. We hope you've had a great day and we've got a great show ahead for you. Stick with us. This evening's episode is titled Obey the Word. It shall be focused on the study of 1 Kings chapter 20. Before we go any further, we'll begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, in this scripture we see Ahab. You showed mercy on him, Father, to give him victory in battle even though he didn't even deserve it with the way he had served him. And Father, we see him not even at the end carrying out your instructions to the focus. And so we see that for that case, you said he shall pay for it with his life and, Lord, of the life of the people of his kingdom. Father, help us to recognize, Lord, that we, when you send us to do a task, we have to consult you, Lord, to perform it to the, exactly the specifications that you've given us. Help us not to rush ahead of ourselves, but to wait for your leading. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to 1 Kings chapter 20. Chapter 20 In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death. And the prophet Isaiah the son of Amos came to him, and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Set thine house in order, for thou shalt die, and not live. Then he turned his face to the wall, and prayed unto the Lord, saying, I beseech thee, O Lord, Remember now how I have walked before thee in truth, and with a perfect heart, and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. And it came to pass, afore Isaiah was gone out into the middle court, that the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Turn again, and tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people, Thus saith the Lord, the God of David thy father, I have heard thy prayer, I have seen thy tears, Behold, I will heal thee. On the third day thou shalt go up unto the house of the Lord, and I will add unto thy days fifteen years, and I will deliver thee and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend this city for mine own sake, and for my servant David's sake. And Isaiah said, Take a lump of figs. And they took and laid it on the boil, and he recovered. And Hezekiah said unto Isaiah, What shall be the sign that the Lord will heal me, and that I shall go up into the house of the Lord the third day? And Isaiah said, This sign shalt thou have of the Lord, that the Lord will do the thing that he hath spoken. Shall the shadow go forward ten degrees, or go back ten degrees? And Hezekiah answered, Is it a light thing for the shadow to go down ten degrees? Nay, but let the shadow return backward ten degrees. And Isaiah the prophet cried unto the Lord, and he brought the shadow ten degrees backward, by which it had gone down in the dial of Ahaz. At that time Barodak Baladan, the son of Baladan, king of Babylon, sent letters and a present unto Hezekiah, for he had heard that Hezekiah had been sick. And Hezekiah hearkened unto them, and showed them all the house of his precious things, the silver and the gold and the spices and the precious ointment, and all the house of his armor, and all that was found in his treasures. There was nothing in his house, nor in all his dominion, that Hezekiah showed them not. Then came Isaiah the prophet unto king Hezekiah, and said unto him, What said these men, and from whence came they unto thee? And Hezekiah said, They are come from a far country, 
even from Babylon. And he said, What have they seen in thine house? And Hezekiah answered, All the things that are in mine house have they seen. There is nothing among my treasures that I have not showed them. And Isaiah said unto Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord. Behold, the days come, that all that is in thine house, and that which thy fathers have laid up in store unto this day, shall be carried into Babylon. Nothing shall be left, saith the Lord. And of thy sons that shall issue from thee, which thou shalt beget, shall they take away, and they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Then said Hezekiah unto Isaiah, Good is the word of the Lord which thou hast spoken. And he said, Is it not good, if peace and truth be in my days? And the rest of the acts of Hezekiah, and all his might, and how he made a pool, and a conduit, and brought water into the city, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? And Hezekiah slept with his fathers, and Manasseh his son reigned in his stead. Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham titled, Handwriting on the Wall. This was preached in 1958 on June the 18th. We'll begin at paragraph 18 up to paragraph 38. I trust you find it to be a blessing. But in those cities, streets of Babylon, there was wide across this auditorium And many chariots could come down. And if we notice, as the chariots came in every city, every gate opened up and they led straight to the palace, which sat in the center of the city. I was minded of it not long ago when I was in Rome. Every road leads to Rome. Every street looks like it leads to the Vatican. Instead of having a mile post there, the birds of hope and the Christ child pointing towards the city. But all the city, the streets, led right straight up to the palace. And before the palace there was a great step to run down, and the river Euphrates came to the city right in front of the palace. And in this great city, there were great walls and great gates that were made of solid brass some hundred feet high. And I want you to notice swinging gardens all along those walls, and the city in the, the city in the center of it had the palace and the river Euphrates running by just the pattern of hair. What was it? It's a perverted hand. That was designed by the dead. And it was called first the gates of paradise, and later was called confusion, which means backslidden. See, it's the devil that's trying to unite all the world under one great ecclesiastical head. They've always tried it. And they're making a very good show out of it today. And in this city, they had the greatest army. They had the best material that could be gotten from all the world was brought to them. And the whole world paid tribute to this city. And when in such a place as that, all behind the walls, how 
they've left. The best scientists, the best breed that they had, the best chariots, the best horses, the best chess soldiers, more to eat, the best clothed people, and were safe behind such walls. And that's a very beautiful picture of this country. With the best that can be God. And the best scientists that can be God. The best, best army that there is. But then when they got behind these walls, they thought they could live just any way they pleased to do. And it would be alright because they were safe. And that's been the attitude of our people in this country. That because we have the best and the greatest and the most powerful army and the best guns and the best machinery and the best food and the best everything, we felt like we were safe. But remember the God of heaven cannot be closed down by any kind of a wall. Whether it be a natural wall or an ecclesiastical wall. God comes down from the heaven and there is nothing that he doesn't know about. Or didn't know from the beginning and it would be that way. He's the infinite God. And when people think they're secure, then sin sets in. If there wouldn't be by chance those here tonight who are Swiss, I would not want to hurt your feelings. But I just recently come from Switzerland. And all you talk about an independent bunch, they are. They haven't had a war for hundreds of years. They haven't got nothing to fight for. So they are just real indifferent. If you'll excuse the street expression, kind of talking like And when it comes Sunday morning, you would think the millennium was on. Of all the sacrilegious carrying on, bells are ringing and chimes are ringing, till you could hear yourself speak on the street party. And the worst critics against the Lord Jesus I ever met. Why? They feel like that there's nothing to bother us. I crossed the line to Germany. Brother, I mean that was a different people altogether. They had dug under buildings. They'd been burned in the streets. They know what war meant. They know what it was to put trust in God. When a rascal like Hitler had led him into that kind of a place as many of those real genuine Christians in Germany had had to pray for every mouthful of food they got. Persecution makes the church strong. And God will strengthen this American church someday, hiding in a bomb shelter somewhere. But I want to tell you something, I'll correct that. There is no bomb shelter for this bomb they got now. It'll blow a hole in the ground, 175 feet deep, 150 square miles. If you went a thousand feet in the ground, the concussion of all
safely take her place in her position. So that's the only hiding place there is. God has so made it that there's nothing materially we can lay our hands on. It's either trust or perish. Our great nation as it is a great nation. The greatest in the world. And we're all great of communism. You hear all the programs and I had the privilege of eating breakfast not long ago with Vice President Nixon and his whole conversation all this talk was communism. I just believe holy roller preacher I, I felt good to set by his side. But it isn't communism we have to worry about. It isn't the rod that it picks on the apple that hurts it. It's the worm at the core that kills the apple. And it isn't communism that's hurting America. It's our own blackness among us, our immorals that, that break in the backbone of this nation. Motherhood is mired in the churches down to the dog. All the great things that we stood for, the great principles and things has rotted beneath us. So it's our own morals that kill us, not communism or any other nation. Sin is a reproach to any nation. Amen. Motherhood and great principles like that is broken. When mothers pay a hundred dollars for a little snotty little stuff, excuse that expression, and take it in the house and give it a mother's love and ride it down in an automobile and practice birth control, any nation will sink under such stuff as that. Our women are allowed to be stripped in the streets and walk down such things as uncensored television cast of old vulgar four or five time married women prostitutes of this nation and little girls take them for example. And our stores are loaded down with Davy Crockett and Long Ranger. Who was the Long Ranger? There's a of the children in this city can tell you more about David Crockett than they can tell you about Jesus Christ. Then tell me you fear communism. It's the devil you want to fear. When the mothers turn them home, let them sit with a baby And out somewhere, some bar room drinking. And then with the audacity to put her foot on the rail and say, God bless America. And she's the greatest indebtedness they ever had. I'm American and I love my country, but I believe in real Americanism. Not the stuff we got today so called Americanism. It's rotted and decayed right under us. That's where our troubles land. That's what's the matter today because we felt secure. While there's no nation can whip us. That's right, but there's a God who will judge us by His Word about Jesus Christ someday and the way we've treated Christ. That judgment is at hand. And these junctions, these signs, these wonders and miracles that He's did by the hands of His servants. The gospel that he's preached to Jack Shooter, Billy 
been old Roberts and many others. And the dead's been raised and the eyes of the blind's been opened. It is a signpost that we are at the end. Surely a spiritual people would understand that. And I sometimes I wonder. I standing there not long ago here at Joseph Bose's church and having a meeting. And Billy had told me when I come in, he said, Daddy, last night when Brother Osborne showed his black gold film from Africa, they was asked to give him a, a donation to help him in his mission. So I was happy to be standing in the audience. And I seen this certain little woman, poorly dressed, a little typical Swede, go down in her pocket and peel off about a hundred dollars and give it in to help Brother Osborne. And said, I cried almost. That poor little woman, where'd she get enough money to give that maybe her meager living? But to support the gospel, to try to get the ever captain corner, or the end is at hand. Said when I left the building that night, the second night she said, Billy, honey, have you got a prayer card you could give me? He said, Madam, I haven't. I'll see if Jeannie Leo's got any left. They didn't have any. He said, Lady, we haven't got any prayer cards left. They've all been given out. And she said, That's all right, honey. I understand. He said, Mother, you meet me here tomorrow night down here at the front of this row. I'll see you get a prayer card. She said, all right, honey. And she tipped her little self back down to the building. Just in a few minutes, I'd come in. And while the line started in the great Holy Spirit presence, showing great signs and wonders, what taking place, discerning the thoughts and minds, foretelling what was and what will be. People were elated when we were being healed. And if you realize, my friend, that is the last message before the coming of the Lord. I want to ask you, stopping here on my subject a minute. Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah and in the days of Lot, so will it be in the coming of the Son of God. Now this time it isn't going to be water, it's going to be fire. They're going to burn this generation like they burnt Sodom and Gomorrah. Now watch the last message to Sodom and Gomorrah. There's always three classes of people. The true, the elected, the virgin, and the sinner. The unbeliever. That's a believer, an unbeliever, and a make-believer. Every city has them and every church has them. Real believers and unbelievers and then make-believers. And we're just snowed under with them. And watch. Before Sodom was burned, the angels of the Lord, three of them, came down to Abraham, which was the believer, the elected, and which was the real bride, the real virgin that had oil in the land. And Lot was that lukewarm. And two of the angels went down to try to get Lot out of there, out of the sinners and the unbelievers. And notice what's taking place. What's the nature of this angel? When they had left, he'd done a sign to Abraham, which is a very tight sign of today. He had his back turned to the tent, and all of us know that they'd been waiting for a baby for 25 years by promise of God. 
And Abraham was a hundred years old and Sarah was ninety at the time. And Sarah was behind the angel, the Bible said she was. She was in the tent and the tent was behind the angel. And the angel said, will I keep from Abraham the things that's going to happen, seeing that he's the heir to the world? And he said, I'm going to visit you about according to the time of life, the 28th day for Sarah. And you're going to get this baby that you waited on. And Sarah, behind the angel, inside the tent, smiled. And the angel said, why didn't Sarah laugh? What kind of a telepathy was that? And Sarah said, I didn't laugh. He said, yes, you did. Or she was scared. Remember, that same angel was God. When Abraham worshipped. And when he left, he said he talked to God. And the translation there is Elohim. The Almighty Jehovah. Made into a form of a man. And God was manifested on the earth in a man, Jesus Christ. And done the same things before the destructions of the Jews. And he's manifested tonight in his church doing the same thing before the destruction of the Gentiles. His decisions has to be the same each time. What he was yesterday, he was today and will be forever. You notice it? There it was. The destruction time coming. And sin heaping up on every hand. And God hates sin. And this nation, in its condition of rejecting the very things that God has sent. Notice, there was a man one time who needed a rest. And he went down to the sea. He had never seen the sea. He had heard about it. So he was on his road down. He said, he met an old salt coming back, which is a sailor. And the sailor said to him, Where goest thou, my good man? Down to the sea to rest my mind. I've never seen it. He said, I long to see its great waves and smell the salt water and hear the seagulls. And the old salt said, I was born on the sea. I've heard it for 40 years. There's nothing thrilling about it to me. You see, you just saw it so much. There was nothing thrilling. Now Pentecostal church and you, all the rest of you, that's what's the matter with you tonight. You've seen so many things of God till it's become too common to you. You take it too lightly. Too lightly. And this little woman, back to the story, she goes up in the balcony, I guess, and sat down. When the great Holy Spirit was sitting in the sermon, all at once, it said, the little lady sitting up in the balcony, on the corner with the little checkered dress on, said, you're praying for your husband, which works at a certain place, and his name is so-and-so, and you're praying for him because he's deaf in one ear, but said, thus saith the Lord, he's just been healed. She looked down at her watch. See what time it was. Several hours later when she arrived home, her husband was at the door screaming to the top of his voice. 
He could hear. So what time did he have to say I was sitting on a stool at just exactly certain, certain times and my ear come open to exactly the same minute the Lord God said it was There was a poor, ignorant, colored woman, Negro, sitting over in the aisle crying because she couldn't get a prayer card to get up on the platform. And the Holy Spirit moved over to where she was. I saw that light standing over and I said to her, Lady, your name is so-and-so by the Holy Spirit. Never seen in my life. It wasn't even me speaking, of course not. And told her, said, you're suffering with the cirrhosis of the liver. And you have certain, certain diseases. And she almost fainted. It was perfect. Always has been and always will be. If it's God, it has to be. I'm 49 years old. It's never failed. And it can't fail. If it did it failed the first time. But God cannot fail because He's God. He can do anything but fail. And Danny told her, said, but your main subject, you have a sister that's down in Little Rock, Arkansas, in a hospital, a mental institution, been in there 10 years, totally insane, but her head against the wall. And then she just liked to pass out. Said, but thus saith the Lord, she had just come to herself. And the next morning, the matron dismissed her as a perfect case, and she flew to Chicago and gave testimony on the platform the very next night. And Chicago's got just as much whiskey in it tonight as it had before then. Every nightclub is open. The women are still wearing shorts, smoking cigarettes, and the church is waiting on in sin just as it always did. Why? They feel they're secure because they belong to a church. Because you are an American. Brother Bowser said he asked a woman sometime before he was going away, Are you a Christian? Why, she felt insulted. She said, I'll give you to understand I'll burn a candle every night. What's a can got to do? I love him said, Are you a Christian? He said, I'll give you to understand I'm American. What's that got to do with it? Just about as much as a can got. You're not a Christian until you've accepted Christ and been born by the Holy Ghost. Anything less you're lost. You might be Pentecostal. That passed forward, backward, this way, that way. You might have sung in the Spirit, spoken tongue, danced in the Spirit, whatever you might have done. But if you're not truly born of God's eternal Spirit, you're lost. And if you are, the fruits of the Spirit declare what you are. Love, joy, peace, long suffering, goodness, meekness, gentleness, patience in the Holy Spirit. As we get towards the end of this episode, we end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you said, Heavens and earth shall pass away, but my word will never pass away. So, Father, help us, Lord, to not compromise on it like Ahab did, but, Father, to walk right, foot, lock and step, Lord, with what you've outlined for us to do. Remember the prophet seeing the vision of some of the bride drifting away and yelled, stay in line. We know, Father, those tapes that you've stored for us is what speaks to us to remind us of your way. 
for any of your children in the world today may be veering from that path, may you speak to them, Father, and remind them of your ways, that they might turn their feet unto your testimonies. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, we'd really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you.